y'all. Welcome to the season one finale of Not Quite Dead, the podcast. I wanted to do just kind of a quick episode to summarize some of the stuff that we heard this season and talk about kind of my hopes for next season, which I'm planning to do this summer. Uh, I wanted to start by thanking everyone who has reached out, people I know, people I don't know, people I haven't heard from in years that have uh, kind of given praise and feedback and thoughts on the podcast. It's been really awesome to hear from everybody, and I really appreciate that through the week as I work on this project in addition to everything else I'm up to. It's been really fun to have that um, that coming through, and I can't I can't really express like how exciting it was that this kind of took off and had some actual people listening to it, and it was really fun for me. I was kind of making it just for me as a creative outlet, and to have other folks really kind of seem to get some value out of it was awesome. So thanks to everyone who has um, reached out, rated um, those that subscribed and listened every week. It's been really fun to see that just for me. Um, and I know the guests have appreciated um, their friends and family and everybody listening. Maybe not family, but <laughs> their friends listening. And uh, it's it's been really fun. It's I've done I did a different podcast a couple years ago with Bill. Um, that was pretty short-lived, and this has been really cool to kind of keep moving. It's been really challenging for me um, for a number of reasons, and I think I'll talk a little bit more about that as we talk about season two, but overall, it's been super fun lining up guests, interviewing folks, people I know, people I don't know very well, um, getting such different opinions on what I think I started out as a pretty narrow topic, and over time have realized how broad just the experiences of this group of people millennials are. And that to me has been the cool part of this podcast is even though I've interviewed uh, mostly friends of mine, so that's kind of self-selecting, and folks from the same kind of area, except for a few, um, the, the variety I've gotten of experience, of education, of different, just all kinds of different career paths, uh, talking about finances, pets, kids, marriages, divorces has been very interesting. And I think really highlights how broad this group of people is. And I think I've realized through this, that the kind of stereotypical millennial things are true for a lot of us, but not for many of us. And I think the further along I went, the more I realized that this is an a really interesting kind of story to tell is how different millennials are from each other and also how different, how different we are from how the media portrays this group. Um, I thought a lot about kind of how I was choosing guests, how I was going about interviewing and had a really good time kind of getting in the groove of doing that for sure. Um, I think I also thought about kind of the the privilege of selecting these folks, most of which are my friends who I met through, some through higher education, some through work, and thinking about, you know, how can I go about getting an even more diverse group of people to talk to for next season. So that's something that I'll talk about a little bit. I wanted to start with just a quick overview of what I've covered, because I think it's really interesting. Um, I... If you haven't listened to every episode, uh, feel free after this. Everything's available still in iTunes, on Spotify, and then through SoundCloud, which is where we host um, everything, you know, going back to the very beginning. If you want to kind of start over, I would encourage you to do so. Um, I think that each interview was really interesting. I 
thank my first few interviews because it was a little bit of a mess and especially the remote interviews I still don't really have dialed in. If you host a podcast and have that dialed in, please reach out to me on Instagram, email me, do something because I need help. But anyway, um, the first episode was just an intro episode. I talked a lot about kind of what I thought I was going to cover. I cited some stats. I thank um, my friend Francis, who also guested later, and my friend Lynette, who was in the third episode, for helping me kind of edit that episode, which was really terrible. Bill also listened to like 12 versions of it. I think I recorded and saved and like compressed at least four versions before I kicked something out. And at some point I was like, I just need to send this out. Like I can't stop recording this thing. So what really was a preview, I made the first episode, but it was a nice way to kind of get started. From there, my first episode was with my partner, Bill, which was kind of unplanned. Um, we had a snowstorm that prevented us from doing an actual, well, prevented me from leaving the house. Um, and not, not that Bill wasn't an actual episode at all, but I was um, trying to line up guests for weeks and get everything kind of organized and interview several folks in town. And then with the snowstorm, that was completely dashed. So um, thank you to Bill for doing an episode. We talked about us meeting, him dating. Um, he's a Gen Xer, so we talked about kind of the differences there. We talked about um, social anxiety and uh, the way kind of millennials self-describe, which was a theme through a lot of different interviews of, you know, are you an introvert? Are you polyamorous? Are you, um, I'm trying to think, lots of lo- lots and lots of labels that millennials tend to use mostly on dating sites, but just in general, um, and kind of how does that benefit? How does that uh, detract from experiences? I think the conversation with Bill got into that and was super interesting. Uh, the next episode was with my friend Lynette, who I met through My Favorite Murder um, in town. And I think with Lynette, it was really awesome to talk about higher ed. She works in higher ed, but also going to college, um, kind of her experience with that. Her experiences with debt, which I think came up quite a, quite a few times, is how do, my, how do millennials manage their money? Who tells them how to manage it? Who do they actually listen to? What do they use? Um, I think we talked a lot about, and I talked with her and a few other people about um, just kind of how hard it is to figure out, you know, uh, I have all these apps on my phone. It's all kind of linked together. I have budgets. But once that's all kind of dialed in, how do I attack my debt? How do I kind of get out of debt? Or for me, um, how do I move on from you know, paying things off to how do I actually do a retirement fund and like, what does that look like? What, what amount should I be saving? Whatever. Um, really interesting conversation with her. Really, um, funny, I would say. The next episode, episode four was with, uh, Deirdre, who I also met through the local, um, my favorite murder group. Um, Deirdre is a hairstylist. So we talk about that quite a bit. We talk about, um, her clients and tipping, which I thought was super interesting. Um, I am, someone that grew up with um, kind of a weird feeling about tipping, that it wasn't compulsory um, or it shouldn't be compulsory and kind of figuring that out. Um, We both had kind of a rural upbringing, um, talking about that a little bit. And then, um, you know, going through a divorce, getting married really young as a millennial and then being divorced and being remarried to someone who's significantly older, which... um, her and her partner and myself and Bill had the same age gap. So that was pretty funny to talk about. Um, just some really cool kind of insight into the service industry as well. And, you know, um, how 
owning your own business and kind of doing that is rewarding, but also really challenging and reflecting on that. So that was Deirdre in episode four. Episode five was my first and most uh, gnarly, I would say, remote interview with my friend Alex. Gnarly, not in the sense that it wasn't a great interview. It was. Um, We talk about grad school. Alex and I did most of our undergrad together. Um, We reflected on working in the parking office at our university and how horrible that was. And just kind of the snapshot we saw into millennials being upset about um, parking, which really was rooted into uh, being upset about money and, you know, getting a ticket, not wanting to take um, personal responsibility for that and just kind of how that all, how that all tied together in a lot of kind of millennial meanness. Um, but really cool interview. Alex has moved all over the country. We talk about that and how I could never do that. Um, we talk about kind of being on your own and moving to cities that she hadn't really been to, um, working in the private sector and then working in, um, for, what am I trying to think of? Like public, public, uh, state funded programs versus private programs. Um, and a bunch of other really cool topics. She was really fun to interview. That was the interview where all the audio ended up being garbage. And I had to go back and do, I think for an hour and a half, I did maybe six or seven hours of editing. It was horrific, but it got done. I think it actually sounds okay. Um, I couldn't listen to it when it was all finished because I listened to every single second of that episode like 14 times. So anyway, the conversation itself was lovely. I really enjoyed chatting with Alex. I hope to have her back again to talk about some other stuff, but that was um, episode five. Episode six is with my friend Francis. Francis and I went to high school together. We didn't really grow up together because I moved, but um, talking about, uh, well, her talking about moving around some and then kind of settling into this really rural, really conservative community, which is where we went to high school and talking about how that kind of impacted us, um, marriage, divorce, uh, coming out as queer as an older really, we're not really old, but um, kind of later in life than a lot of folks and how that's kind of impacted her. Um, Talking about a lot of funny, uh, like being a plant mom, her cat features heavily in the episode. You can hear um, the cat purring and meowing and at the end jumping and going crazy in her apartment. Uh, But a really awesome episode and I think really uh, was really educational for me. Um, That's a theme through the whole thing is like, I'm learning more things about my friends than I've known, but I'm also learning more things about just kind of how folks live their lives and what, um, what they're involved in and learning a lot. So that was really cool. So that was Frances episode six. I did a mini episode in between six and seven about the show Shrill, which I still cannot say enough good things about. Um, I'm considering not considering. I am going to rewatch it this summer, I'm sure. I blew through the first season. It has been renewed for a second season, which is awesome. But I think the cultural impact of Shrill will not be seen uh, for a little while. But I do think this has changed TV forever. So that's the mini episode. Episode seven was with my new friend, Annika, who common theme I met through My Favorite Murder. Um, she is really cool. And we had a really fun time talking about growing up again in eastern, rural eastern Washington. Um, We talked about her tour of, I don't remember, seven 
community colleges and universities, which was hilarious to me, and kind of how education became a way to dodge paying her student loans. But at the end of it, she actually finished, and she is now a special ed teacher. So that was a really cool conversation. Um, really fun to talk with someone who's a teacher, which I think uh, millennials get a lot of shit for not going into teaching from just, I've heard, um, but taking on a teaching role and taking on a teaching role that I think a lot of people kind of steer very far away from. Uh, really cool conversation and really fun to chat rural Eastern Washington. And she also lived in Spokane, so chat about that a little bit. So that was episode seven. Um, episode eight was really cool. It was with Dr. Joy Wiggins, who's a professor at Western Washington University. She also has a book that's coming out soon if you want to look that up. Um, she was really awesome talking about teaching millennials. But I think prior to the episode, I didn't really know where it was going to go. Um, but during the interview, uh, not, not, I should say not in a bad way, but you know, she teaches millennials. Like, I'm sure it's really hard. Like I just working with them through a couple different things I did in college, like some millennials are really impossible and she teaches folks that are trying to become teachers. So I can't even imagine doing that. But she was uh, so great to talk to, had such interesting perspectives, both on millennials and just kind of the coming generation. She has a daughter who is a um, Gen Zer, so talking about that and climate change, talking about social issues, talking about social justice, talking about um, kind of the differences between her being a Gen Xer and kind of what comes along with that and then being a millennial or being in Gen Z really awesome conversation. Um, I hope to have her back as well. She was really fun to chat with. And I think um, she was really interested in just kind of how podcasts get put together. So it was awesome that I could kind of show her um, potentially how easy it is because I do not have a very elaborate setup. Um, so that was really fun. That was episode eight. And then finally, we had uh, my friend Jamie, who I met through... Um, Gosh. Oh, the Dream Roll, which is a motorcycle rally in, used to be in um, kind of central Washington, but, uh, or not central. I don't know where it is. It doesn't matter. Um, Mount Hood, that's where it was. Uh, but talking to Jamie about not going to school and dropping out of high school, later getting um, an equivalent GED, but um, not having kind of the common thread with everyone else was attending a trade school or going to college, and she did not do that. So talking about that, um, some really interesting commentary on her being an extrovert versus me being an introvert, and uh, how that impacts everything from the way I buy a car to how I date, um, and her as well. And they think some really funny kind of epiphanies from both of us about trends in how a lot of those interactions are uh, being taught to people now, like being taught to salespeople and the changes that I think will come sooner than later because uh, especially millennials who are, you know, growing up and are really delayed in things like buying cars, buying houses, but are slowly kind of catching up to those milestones. Um, I don't want to be sold a car. I want to pick out a car online and then go pick it up. I don't want to have some salesy dude pressure me into buying weird, like, true coat for my car, which happened. Um, and talking about that and, like, kind of realizing, like, that's what we both want. Like, we want to do research research online and then just go buy them, um, and be done. Uh, but it's super funny, like her being in kind of a sales role versus me hating everything about 
um, cold calling and trying to pressure people, well not pressure, but trying to sell things to people, I would rather die. Um, really cool conversation. And also another common thing that I thought was kind of funny was most, I think most of the folks that I talked to at some point, we talked about, um, how we grew up in kind of these rural communities and kind of what that meant for us. And that was not something I was expecting with her because I don't know her very well, but that was, she grew up on a farm. So that was a really cool, um, little tidbit there as well. And I think just to kind of summarize and wrap up, um, I'm super excited for season two. I am planning to do a season two. I will say this has been one of the hardest things I've done just for kind of the logistical side. You know, if I'm tired and I've arranged to go do an interview, obviously I'm going to go do it. But um, between like canceling, rescheduling my life, everyone's life, um, it's been a challenge to kind of keep everything moving. So I'm planning to do a little bit more work kind of on the back end. Um, I usually was recording within a few days of when I was trying to release. So I would have to record, edit, and release everything really, really quickly, which is really hard. So I'm working towards not doing that um, and having a little bit more of a buffer. So that's kind of what I'm going to spend the next few months doing is building up some interviews that I can use that are not um, being done kind of at the seat of my pants. Um, I'm hoping to interview even more, kind of a more diverse set of folks. Um, I had a lot of fun with everybody in the first season. Um, hoping to get, you know, some more really awesome people to chat with. If you're interested in interviewing, um, I am going to nail down my remote interviews, so don't worry about that. But uh, no matter where you are, I'd love to chat with you. Um, you can reach out on Instagram at notquitedeadpodcast or email us at hello at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Um, I think it's going to be a really cool season. I have a lot of ideas about what I'm going to chat about and I'm just excited to get going. So again, thank you to everyone who listened this season. It's been really, really fun. I've loved getting everyone's feedback, notes, and thoughts, and I'm hoping everyone will join us for season two.